Um, Lord, I love you and I thank you. And Lord, I'm weary inside. I'm weary. And you renew my spirit. You do it with your truth. You do it with your people. And I ask that you renew me today. I need it. I pray that you renew all of us and that we have a fresh encounter with your spirit, with the truth. Father, give us ears to hear and listen and understand. And I pray that you give us eyes to see. And more than anything, a heart that obeys you and a heart of faith. We don't have so many answers. And that's no excuse for turning our backs on you. Lord, teach us to number our days and to present you a heart of wisdom and to be faithful, Father. I love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, um, we're digging in. We've got to work on some vocab before we do that. And uh, the first thing is the word apology. When you and I use the term apology in our culture today, it typically means I'm sorry. Um, Stephen, I'm getting a lot of reverb. Um, when I say I'm sorry, uh, it's because I hurt your feelings and I'm upset or you're upset and you have a little fight with your spouse. And when it's done, you just say, okay, I apologize. You know, like I'm, I admit I'm wrong. I apologize. The Greek word for that, apologia, means nothing of the sort. Uh, apa is the prefix, and it means from or away from or out of. And logos means words, speech. Uh, a good uh, honed argument. So when you say, I'm going to give an apology, you're saying, I'm going to argue from logic. That's what apology means. The word prove, we're going to refer to that several times. Ginomai, which is a really interesting Greek word, and it means that it demonstrates that something exists. I can prove that it exists. But the word below the uh, dokimazo here, uh, refers to, I'm going to prove that it exists because I'm a scientist. I'm going to get it under the microscope. Uh, we've got several medical professionals here. You guys know all about that. And histology, electron microscopes, all those things that prove and demonstrate something, measuring it scientifically. Both those terms are actually in the, in the Greek New Testament. So we're going to refer to apologetics and proving today. Okay? Can you prove stuff? Kids. Have you guys ever, uh, has your mom or dad ever said to you, go clean your room? You got to clean your room or you can't have supper. Make sense? And then, and then 30 seconds later, you go, it's done. <laughs> right? And your mom goes, prove it. You get the idea, prove it. Uh, my, my grandkids will fly in. All right, you guys, no food, kitchen closed until the toy room is clean. Let's go. Clean the toy room. You're gone. Five minutes later. It's done. And I go, really? Let's go look at it. Let's go prove it. You know, let's examine and see if you clean the toy room. You get the idea. All right. Um, kids, this is going to be tough. All right. Where's where Caroline and Isaiah? I want you guys to try to draw a picture of what God looks like. What does God look like? Try to draw a picture of God. Um, when I was your age, my dad, who was not a Christian, said, called him the old man upstairs. The old man upstairs is watching. So I had this idea of this crotchety old guy, probably had a big white beard, Gandolfish for some reason. I had Gandolfish looking dude in a rocking chair. He was cranky and he could zap you with lightning bolts if he wanted to. So what does God look like? Okay. And, and give it your best. Isaiah, give it your best. Caroline, yeah, Caroline's a good artist. Dory, 
All right, so let's dig in. You ready? Uh, I really need interaction today. This is, we're going to wrestle intellectually, and I need you to think with me, work with me. If I'm wrong, help me to see it, okay? I will own it. I will apologize. Just kidding, I won't apologize. Um, I'm going to give a defense. Question. It is possible to empirically prove the existence of God. True or false? By the way, the key word is empirical. Scientists, what does it mean? What's that? Measurable. Measurable, yeah. Can you weigh it? Can you see it as mass? All those things. It is, and this is a statement, it is possible to prove, empirically prove the existence of a God. True or false? you get it wrong you lose your salvation i am so sorry it's just hard you know those those moments you know what do you think i would say true okay true who said true uh, uh um janice true jovi true anybody else true true lisa's false i think there's a an argument for false because of faith we have you know ah interesting if it was so obvious and so provable, then the importance of faith would be a lot less. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Anybody else? True or false? I'm not. You think false? Okay. Anybody else? Chris? Yes. Interesting. That was good care. Anybody else? True or false? It is possible to prove empirically, get it in a test tube, to prove the existence of God. It's a tough one, isn't it? Anybody? Well, look at the formation of a baby in the womb. Sure. Sure. Can you measure that? Yeah. Sure you can. Sabrina? You think it's false? Okay. Tony. What's up? It's good to see you. All right. Here we go. I think it's false. I think it's false. Let me tell you why I think it's false. Okay. And by the way, I, let's exchange. Come, you and I, let us reason together. You know, Isaiah chapter one. Number one, this is John three. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it is coming from and where it's going. So is everyone who has been born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit can move, and you can't measure it. You can't. It's a mystery. John 4, 24, God is Spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. 1 Peter 1, 8, And though you have not seen Him, you, you have not seen him. You love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory. First uh, John 4. If someone says, I love God, and yet hates his brother or sister, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother or sister, whom he has seen, 
cannot love God whom he has not seen. Edie? Yes, that's so good, Edie. And yes, and that's by the way, it's called. It's a huge difference. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's called ontology. By the way, ontologically, how do you measure God? Who is He? What is He? Yeah, absolutely. So, stay with me. I know this might be a stretch for just a bit. All right. What we're demonstrating is biblically, you can't see Him. You can see a sunrise, but you can't see Him. So, all right. Next question. Pay attention. Is it possible to empirically prove the evidence of God's existence? That is true. Yes. It carries this truth, Rachel. True, <laughs> uh, Do you understand the difference between the two questions? Can you prove the existence of God? I say no. Can you prove the evidence of His existence? I say yes. yes. For example, can I prove that Lisa is my wife? Sure, I can, I can get her by the hand and say, come on, babe, let's, let's stand up on the stage and say, everyone, this is Lisa. And, and, but the real reason or the real way I'm going to prove that she's my wife is our three children. There could be genetic testing and all those kinds of things. So getting God inside a test tube, nope, I'm not going to do it. not going to do it. But can you get the evidence that God has moved and act and exist and does things? Yes. Uh, Andrea and the kids just moved down from Alberta. When we were up there, Andy, I'm an ex- is it hundreds of square miles of wheat? Maybe more than that? Thousands and thousands. It's just mind-bending to think of the wheat that is grown out of Alberta. Well, Annie gets wheat and she mills it into flour. She gets the wheat berry, mills it into flour, makes bread, and it's amazing. And Lisa uh, has done that for years and years as well. Well, there were times I would come home from work when I was living in Jonesboro, and Lisa was baking bread constantly, maybe 20 loaves a week. You're really cranking it, and people were buying it from her, all these things. I'd come in, I could get, in the, get out of the car, and as I'm entering the house, I'm in the, I'm in the garage, you could smell the bread. And I haven't even gotten in the house yet. And I knew Lisa made bread because of the way, this, the fragrance of that. It filled you know, even the house and coming out in the garage. So it's possible to measure the evidence of God's existence. Just because we can't, God the te- can't get God in a test tube doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So here's some scriptures that are really important to understand the evidence of God. Job 12, uh, Job's, one of his advisors, his counselors, is trying to confront Job with what's happened. Job's confused, they're confused. It's extremely difficult. The suffering is acute. And Job's friend says, look, Job, ask the animals, and have them teach you, and the birds of the sky, and have them tell you, or speak to the earth, and have it teach you, and to the fish of the sea to tell you. It, this is a basic idea supported in Job and throughout the New Testament. 
that creation speaks of God and God's wisdom. A fish, an animal, a tree, the ocean, the sky, all speak of a creator. Psalm 19, the heavens tell of the glory of God and their expanse declares the work of his hands, right? And really one to six uh, is fascinating and speaks clearly of the circuit of the sun uh, around the earth. It's fascinating. Romans 1, this is one of the clearest teachings in the New Testament about this very idea. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived being understood by what has been made so that they are without excuse. Paul is speaking a very, very significant doctrinal idea, a truth statement. For people who claim atheism is their principal excuse to not be morally responsible. Okay, If there's no God, then there's no moral right and wrong. If there's no moral right and wrong, then I'm not guilty of anything. No one has a right to accuse me of anything. There's one of the root ideas of atheism. You're off the hook morally. There's no God, then there's no morals. We'll get to that argument in the coming, coming weeks. Paul says, creation gives full testimony to God. Now, what specifically is creation revealing? Give me the specifics. What is creation revealing based on Romans 120? What's that? His existence or his character? Both. What do you guys think? What's that? His creativity, yeah. But it's revealing his invisible, his invisibility. How do you reveal what's invisible? It says it's the invisibleness of God. For example, eternal power, divine nature. In the creating of all things. That's been clearly perceived. So it's like it's the smell of the bread. Not just the bread itself. It's the smell of the bread. And when you, when you get the smell of the bread, you go, wow, that's an amazing loaf of bread. So Chris, would that be like the effects? The effects of the existence of God. Yes. Which all, which all scream, uh, Lisa, for, the, for God. Yeah. yeah. But if you don't believe it, then... Yeah, I was exactly. Okay. Uh, Lisa or Jen? Yes, yes. Actually, Lisa, that's very wise of you to say that. Uh, Jen? Explain anything you want. Yeah. Sam Harris says we are all mentally ill. 
Yeah. That your faith, this is what Sam Harris says, your faith is mental illness to such a degree that it's equivalent to you eating frozen yogurt and believing it makes you invisible. Quote, unquote. Right out of his book. What's that? He's wrong, yeah. Sam's got a really rude awakening coming up here. Just like Christopher Hitchens, who recently died of cancer. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, Chovy? We've recently been watching a show called The Planet Earth. Yes. Have you seen it? Yes. If you want to talk about being awed by God's creation yes. and really opening your eyes and making you passionate about Christ and God again, that's the show. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There it is. You nailed it, Jovi. That is so good. Um, all right. Let's, let, let's try to push this. Um, how is it that an MD can do an exam and believe that there's a clump of cells growing in the uterus? And another MD will say, life is in you. There's a baby in you, not a POC, you know, product of conception. There's a living human being with a soul and a spirit in your womb. Uh, So, Lisa, you're on to something. We can give a good apology, apologos, from logic, and we can give the best scientific reasons why you should have faith and why God is real, we could become the most refined, skilled arguers for the existence of God. And guess what? People can still laugh at us. They can say we're mentally ill, like Hitchens and Sam Harris and others, um, and go on and on. Or they can say, you know what? That's your truth. You do you. (laughs) You do you. I'm going to do me. We're not the same. I got my truth. Sure. Uh, the scriptures are very clear that, that there is a person who has eyes, but they can't see. They have ears, but they can't hear. They have a heart that will not believe. It's called atheism. It's, very, it's all through the scriptures. All right. So what has, what has God called us to, to, or rather the empirical evidence that God's, God has uh, the... Uh, Evidence that he does exist. Job, Psalm 19, Romans 1, creation. Uh, Jovi, I'm going to make a reference to uh, a DVD called The Privileged Planet. Everybody, please write that down. The Privileged Planet. One of the finest DVDs you're going to ever see on this subject. All right. Now, let's be really clear. What, what is it that God has called us to prove? God, do you know the scriptures never say, I want you to go out throughout the whole world and I want you to bring your electron microscope and your test tube and your histology equipment and I want you to prove ontologically and empirically that I exist. The scriptures say nothing about that. Nothing at all. This is what the scriptures do clearly say we should be proving about God. Number one, My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Ginnamai, Ginnamai, 
something that is born into existence, like a baby's born. Ginnamai. It's proven the baby's born. You want to prove that God exists? <laughs> Be his disciples. There you go. Be his disciples, right? That glorifies God who is not seen. And when you bear that kind of fruit, God's happy. That brings tremendous joy. You want to prove God exists? Be his disciple. Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you have a renewed mind, you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Uh, when, we, when we prove that we're disciples, and out of that, a transformed mind, we prove what the will of God is. Do you know how attractive that is? These are good things, Lee and Edie. They're acceptable things. They're whole, perfect, as in wholeness. They're whole things. And when people look at our lives and we see, out the, we see the from logic, apa, lagos, apology, the defense of that which is good and acceptable and perfect and, and whole, that is powerful. That is one of the most clear testimonies of the evidence for the existence of God because we're living out his will. We're not just religious talking heads spouting off our religious ideas about whatever. Even though we may be spouting off truth, a fool, an atheist can quote scripture. We may be yakking and yakking about truth, but when you live that, you are proving the will of God. God can become very, very real in your life and certainly in the life of of people. Paul writes to the Philippians, do all things without complaining or arguments so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach. All right. This is a, a graphic of what I'm getting at. Okay. I don't think, I don't think we can get, we can prove God. Can't get him under a microscope. Can't do it. Can't force him. God is spirit. God is spirit. By the way, can you imagine, you ready? What if you could measure it? What would happen? You wouldn't be able to understand it. What's that? You wouldn't be able to understand it. So it's an immediate contradiction. Yeah, but what if you could? What if you could actually measure it? What? You run out of ruler. You run out of ruler. He also becomes limited. That's it. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, sure, it's illogical. Yeah, you're in a real, I got it. But what if you could? All of a sudden, you are, guess what you're doing? You are controlling God. You have reduced him down to such a level that he is no longer God. He's your little idol. By the way, get the copyright on that too, by the way. You'll be famous. Just think, you have God in a box. How cool is that? Right? And you copyrighted it, discovered by so-and-so. 
And think, and you could, you could create a store and say, for 50 bucks, you can come in. I'll open the lid and let you see God. Think of the people. They would line up from all over the planet to come and, ah, there he is. There's God. I've been looking for that guy my whole life. You can't. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes? Oh my goodness! It'd be it'd be so absurd. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Kathy, you've spoken tremendous wisdom. There was a nation of people. They were nicknamed the River Crossers. They were very, they're tough, stubborn, bullheaded, half-baked idiots, many of them, the River Crossers. They grew to about, uh, about 1.5 million, and some hot-headed, river-blooded man got stirred up inside and became their deliverer. His name was Moses, and those River Crossers were called Hebrews. And they saw miracles, 10 of them, big ones. Can you imagine? Huh? Seeing the, seeing the water turn to blood? Huh? Frogs? Flies? You think Arkansas mosquitoes are bad? And then striking the firstborn, the great Passover. And then you saw the Red Sea part. Talk about evidence, Kathy. And then they get to the other side, Tony. And in a few days, you get thirsty, and what? What happens? We need to go back. They've got water and cucumbers and onions and leeks, whatever a leek is. We're going back to Egypt. Yes, we're way better off in Egypt than out here. Yeah. So if you put God in a box and dropped it in their lap. Didn't take long to, yeah. What a mess. I am so glad that God is immeasurable. Because he was. He wouldn't be God. He says, I have inscribed the oceans in the palm of my hand. Earth, I know that makes me pass up too. Um, the, the earth is like a footstool. Lee, you're going to run out of yeah, all right. But we can measure the evidence of Jesus. We can, actually. We can measure the evidence of the New Testament. That's going to be incredible when I get to that one. And we can measure the faith in the life of the followers of Jesus, which is what God has called you to do, to prove what his goodwill is. So, Christ Church, how do we prove the existence of God? Number one. Uh, you can't get him in a test tube. God, speaking of God, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen nor can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion forever. The God we can't see. A community of Christians who prove his will as disciples of his son. The Holy Spirit 
When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, namely the Spirit of Truth, who comes from the Father, He will testify about me. Kathy, uh, we can we can give the evidence. We can become the most skilled PhDs in apologetics, defending the faith. But if the Holy Spirit is not involved, we will convert no one. Miracles. So Christ Church. What do you guys think? What proves the existence of God? And I've got a real hard question coming up after this one. What do you think? Now's your feedback. You're the body of Christ. I think when you when you react and obey, the football goes. What? I mean, when you extend forgiveness to somebody who killed somebody that you love against even your other loved ones, they're not they're not there. But when you want to see something good come out of that situation. That's not what the world wants. Yeah. yeah. That's so good, Chen. That shows. Yeah. It makes it feel right. Yeah. Someone else. <coughs> How are lives? What's that? Jesus said in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. Yeah. Evidence of the existence of God. Someone else? So good. It's like people that have been through situations that you've not been through. They're going to be able to reach people that you can't reach. So people that have been in the same dark places that we have been, it's going to mean more to them when they see that change in us than somebody they see has always done what's right and has always yeah. walked the straight yeah. narrow path. So yeah. I think it's that much more important for any of us that have had that change for it to yeah. make sure it's Wow. Yeah. By the way, that very line, um, Serena, is in that famous scene in the movie The Chosen, the series The Chosen, remember? With Mary Magdalene, she's insane with demons and the whole mess. And they tried, they tried to find out, what, what happened to you? What happened to you? And she gives her apology, apalaga. She argues from the facts. And she says, I don't know. <laughs> All I know is I met him and everything changed. Yeah. Um. I think it's having the courage to say what's different. I know for me, I'm afraid to do anything that goes against the stream. So I face times in my life where someone says, why, why do you have that? Why do you do this? And I'm too scared to say why. Yeah. So we fear people. Yeah. We sure do. I mean, and by the way, he just spoke for everybody here. <laughs> Go ahead, Cody. Speaking what is real to you, like what has God 
your story. Your story, like that. And you're talking about, hey, we were brought through this. I just know this. You're not saying, oh, he'll bring you through that river or whatever. Or whatever it happens in other people's lives. You can know the scripture and know, but he's going to do this and this and this and tell you this and this and this. But was it real to you? Because that's the biggest, that's the biggest ministry. Hey, I just know that I was here. And I was dropped here, X, Y, Z. That's what speaks. Like, I know God's real because of X, Y, Z. I'm not butchering the different scenarios, but it's all going to be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, people, I like what she was saying. People, back in the biblical days, there were, people know this man was like, they know this man was blind. They know this, this man had all these demons. He's a lunatic. And they said, wow, what happened? All that was evidence, so everybody now want to get to know who done this. Yes. There were so many things happening in the future, and those same things are happening today. Yes. 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 Yes, that's so good, Tony. It is so good. So, I don't know. I, I don't know how important it is for you to see God. Or if you have that in your heart and you long to see him. Um, Lisa and I uh, have three amazing daughters. Uh, All three of them have never broken our hearts or disappointed us in any way. And uh, Annie's been away for 12 and a half years. And we have wanted to see Annie. Yesterday, uh, I was sitting in my comfy spot and I'm praying and thinking and writing you know out what needed to happen today and Annie and the kids walked in (laughs) there's Annie I see her I see the kids you know and it's beautiful to see the one you love Um, I don't know if you have come to the place where you're so accustomed to not seeing God that you kind of don't even think about it anymore is kind of old news. Or if you are like the one that, even though you can't see him, 1 Peter 1.8, you long for him. You want to see him. You long for it with all you got. I, I don't know where you are on the spectrum of longing. You're bored with him or you can't wait to see him. God, get me off the rock. I got to see you. I, I, I want you. I don't know where you're on the spectrum. Let me tell you this story. There were 12 men that were chosen to follow Jesus. And they, they saw miracle after miracle after miracle. And it was coming down. They just had a meal together and they had the Lord's Supper, as John reports it in, in chapters 13. And then in chapter 14, it's like this after dinner conversation. And Jesus is teaching big blocks. You get the teaching of, of John 15. I'm the vine, you're the branch, let's get it right. My father tends the garden, there's going to be pruning. These big, big teachings. In chapter 14, there's a guy named Philip. And Philip says to Jesus, would you please show us the father? Do you remember that, Jody? We want to see him on the spectrum. They, they went off the rock. Get me in front of God. And by the way, when Isaiah did that, he went... Whoa, this is, this is more than I thought. 
but they want God. Philip wants God. Show us the Father. And Jesus says, Philip, you've been with me for three years and you're asking this? If you've seen me, you've what? Jesus is everything, Tony. He's everything. Everything. If I can also say, like with the voice of the martyrs, people that are in a country, they know they'll be killed if they're going against the grain. And yet they still do. Yeah. And still thousands come to, come to God in those same countries. Which is explainable from a psychologist's point of view for two reasons. Number one, uh, they're insane, right? Or number two, they have what's called a death wish. Uh, a, a Thanatos instinct that's gone really, really nuts. Or it's real. There's a lot of the ones that are educationally smart. Yeah, that's what C.S. Lewis did, Dave. You know, he's, Jesus is either crazy, he's insane, or he's misinformed. Poor guy, you know. Joseph messed up when he was teaching him Sunday school things. Or he's flat out mean. Or he's Lord. It's called the quadlemma. Absolutely. Okay, Philip. That is so good, Philip. Thank you. You've answered well. Because that issue existed in the first century. Give us a sign. Give us a sign. And he said, you're only getting the sign of Jonah. And that's it. That's it. Three days. All right, you ready? Last question. No response. Uh, Dale? Yes. Dale? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a great, great book. Yeah, More Than a Covenant by Josh McDowell. And I think it's a summary of the big book, his big work called Evidence That Demands a Verdict, which is a great, great, that was famous, man. That, that was a great book. All right, here's what I want you to do. And no, no comments at this point. Uh, and this is as much me as it is you. Okay. If we could freeze frame your life, are you proof that God exists? Can someone look at you the way you live, your values, what's important to you, your language, your behaviors, 
could they say? That person is pointing, pointing me to God. Is that you or someone looks at her life, they're like, well, I don't see God, but I see a consumer. I see someone busy. I see somebody on Facebook and Instagram, Snapchat, blowing up social media. I see all that. I don't see evidence of God. It takes sometimes a really kind of a white-knuckled, tough decision that you're going to be renewed and transformed in your mind and you're going to start proving what the will of God is. Yeah. The, the ancient river crossers, these Hebrews, they believed that the evidence of God is revealed in the rain and the thunder. And that was God just putting a little signature on today, okay? This little fingerprint. Thank you, God, with the signature. Yeah. Yeah. Second Corinthians, Paul said that he was living his life in such a way that it was like a fragrant aroma. Talk about smelling fresh baked bread. Paul was saying, when I give myself away to Jesus, it's like a fragrant aroma to God. Abba, Father, we love you and we thank you. And these things are a mystery to us. But without a doubt, you've called us to prove your will and the brilliance of your character. Because you, clearly, you are love. And love is patient and love is kind and gentle. Abba, Father, I pray we worship you, we're unashamed. And this week that people will look at us and they will see that we are living proof of who you are and your character and that our faith is strong and not convenient. In Jesus' name, amen.